It's Cofield and Company. No one, and I mean no one, is going to outwork this guy. The man has unstoppable energy. Steve Cofield. We like Steve. <laughs> but we don't love Steve. It's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. And we know it because we feel it in our bones. Football coming up. Picks galore. We'll update you on what's going on around college football. Adam Candy is the company. It's Steve Cofield. Ari is right here in our Finley Toyota studios. We got some cool giveaways as well. So stick around the entire hour. We're going to talk some baseball too with Marty Cordova, hometown hero, former AL Rookie of the Year. Some uh, afternoon playoff games. At least one is in the books. Is uh, the Astros move out to a 2-0 lead against the White Sox in that series, 9-4 win. And Boston got out to a quick 2-0 start, but Granny and that one by the Rays, a grand slam, now has the Rays top three, leading 5-2. Uh, also, Milwaukee and Atlanta in the books. Milwaukee takes the lead in that series with a 2-1 win. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. We have an update on Russell Wilson. That was not good last night. Smashed his finger. It turns out he's got some tendon damage. Might have to get surgery. Minimum, he's out a month, maybe out six to eight weeks. So not good for the Seahawks. Uh, what would have been worse, Candy, would be someone's skull being ripped off by a Seahawk, like the actual Seahawk. I watched a portion of the game where I saw some guy where a Seahawk landed, and I'm not talking about, you know, some defensive lineman of, of large girth. No, an actual Seahawk landed on a guy's head, and I'm like, well, that doesn't really look like the, the safest way, but he's a professional, so good for him. Well, it turned out it was just some guy in the crowd, and this freaking giant bird is landing on his head. I feel like someone violated... The NFL security policy bringing a Seahawk into this. <laughs> is that the stadium. way it works? I, I don't. I can't say for sure. I don't think I'm it's a random. 100%. I don't think there's like 12 fans bringing in Seahawks. I think it was actually like the pro Seahawk, and uh, the the bird got confused and just landed on some guy's head. How how much do they have talons? That what do they have? The claw? I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a bird expert. Like I, I would mean, assume. It's a hawk, I would assume. Right? Yeah, it's a hawk. I would assume it could like really could rip your head off, not actual head, but your scalp. I, I feel like there's got to be a metaphor in here for what the Rams did to Seattle last <laughs> okay. night. Like, right. I, like, ultimately, I'm not really sure if I can express anything other than the fact that I'm probably going to go to sleep tonight with nightmares of having my skull ripped off by a Seahawk. <laughs> a scarier video. We'll have to send these out. The actual Seahawk landing on a fan's head or the, I don't know what it was, like a 12, 14-foot alligator, of course, somewhere in Florida, out in someone's backyard. And the Gators walking slowly, and then the Gator decides, like, you know what? I'm going to leave, and it's going to be fast. I could not believe how fast this giant alligator moved, like, over 40 feet to get to the water. I was like, that's why if you see a Gator, don't go near it because you ain't getting away from it. So you're saying that maybe the wrong approach is taking 
your giant trash can and I trying to play a game I, of chicken with the gator. That, that video last week was unbelievable. A guy trying to like use the uh, use the garbage can as a mouth and the and that. But that was, I mean, that gator was dangerous too. That was a small gator, but I'm sure that thing was fast as hell. But this this massive alligator was so fast, dude. It's like you think about the the perfect athlete, right? You're like, oh, powerful, yeah. right? Agile, strong. Oh God. But yeah. what if you add the one thing they didn't have? They're super fast, too. Oh, my God. It's the Mike Trout of animals. <laughs> Hyperspeed gator crawl. Top four. Number four. All right, let's hit some of the big stories uh, from the NFL weekend in terms of the games. Where are you on the Chargers and the Browns? We got great matchups like uh, Miles Garrett, who's a little dinged up against Rashawn Slater. And then, of course, there is the injury on the Brown side with the torn labrum in the left arm of Baker Mayfield. And that's why I'm laying off this thing entirely. I don't want any part of trying to figure out what Baker Mayfield's situation is with that shoulder. He came in week one with a PFF grade over 80, tore that uh, labrum thereafter. And even though it's the non-throwing shoulder, it obviously is affecting him. And so uh, that tells me that there's no way to predict what you're going to get out of the Cleveland Browns offense, and that is enough variance for me to avoid betting that game entirely. Yeah, Rashawn Slater, so far has faced guys like Ngakwe, Montez Sweat. His numbers are pretty damn good. He's eighth at left tackle, but when you look at the number, he's allowed pressure on just 3.4% of his pass-blocking snaps, which is nuts. And on the other side, you got Miles Garrett, who uh, ranks up there really the only other guys with him with a pass-rush win rate over like 20% are Joey Bosa and TJ Watt. So, hey, they picked the right guy so far. It's worked out, right? They freaking nailed it, the Chargers did. Uh, yeah, this this is true. Uh, it, it, when you draft a first-round lineman who performs the way you hope, then yes. sometimes you get this result. And you get, look, this is the high-end case. Yep. Colton Miller's kind of the middle case. He developed pretty well over time. And then, uh, you know, so far it hasn't looked particularly good for Alex Leatherwood. Number three. Uh, also in the division, the Chiefs taking on the Bills. This is mostly, are there three still left up there? Or is it mostly two and a half now on the Vegas boards? Uh, there's a, th- a couple of three evens, but mostly two and a half. So where are you on this one? I cannot sell Kansas City. I just can't. Yeah. I cannot sell on Kansas City despite the defense. Um, if you look at... I believe it was their something along their last 19 drives that um, I believe that two of them had ended in punts that basically they'd either scored or had a turnover in 17 of their last 19 drives, which says to me that, again, if you can cut the turnovers out of this Kansas City offense, and they do tend to vary over the course of a season, if you cut the turnovers out, that weak defense isn't going to matter the same way. Am I buying Buffalo having the number one defensive DVOA rating in the league? No, because of who they've played. So if you're going to give me less than a field goal, I have to lay less than a field goal with Kansas City. I'm just not there with Buffalo when we've seen two mediocre performances and two good performances out of Josh Allen this year. Some numbers on this one. There's only one trade, eh? Right? So he can't split himself in half and cover both Tyreek Hill and Travis Kels or Kelsey. Last year in that AFC Championship game, Kelsey and Hill had 22 catches for 292 yards and two touchdowns, so they got to find a way to defend those guys. Um, boy, the Chiefs' defense is pretty amazing, though, isn't it? I mean, they just like, hey, they're good at the rush. No, they're not. No, no, they're 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 terrible against the rush. 
They're terrible against the pass. I think they're the only, the, uh, only team in the NFL that's bottom five in defending both on a yards-per-play basis. So I guess if anyone's going to keep up with them and score enough to beat them, it could be the Bills. What do you think of the total? Is it going to be like last night where it turns into uh, more of a dud? What was the total last night? 54.5. The total for this one's 56.5. Which is actually down from 57, uh, depending on where you're looking at it. But, uh, like, it's, I think it's very easy to look at it and say, oh, well, I mean, look at these two offenses. Play the over. I think if you look at last year's, I mean, both the AFC Championship game and especially the game they played in Buffalo on Monday night, uh, the strategy was for Kansas City to run the ball and run it consistently, and they didn't care about passing. They were happy to play in the rain, that low-scoring game. Uh, I think when you, when you pencil this thing out and you figure out, okay, what are the potential ways this goes? I think you find more ways to the under than you do the over. Number two. Top two stories here. Five o'clock hour on a Friday. Adam Candy, Steve Cofield. All right, it's official. No Arnett, no Mullen. So you're down two of your cornerbacks. This is a beat up Raiders defense on the back end. But will it matter? Can the Raiders do to Justin Fields what the Browns did? Or... Are they going to look more like the Lions defense? And frankly, Fields, I thought, had some really good moments against the Lions. Can the Bears, new starting quarterback moving forward, Justin Fields, really crush the Raiders based on their injuries? It's all going to come down to the pass rush. It's all going to come down to whether they can get to Justin Fields and how confident they are going after a running quarterback. If you're going to let Justin Fields or anyone with the arm talent of Justin Fields sit back there and have time to look at things, then I think Justin Fields can probably do some good things against the Raiders this weekend. Uh, remember that Chicago has no David Montgomery. He's out hurt, so their rushing attack is weakened, and so you can assume they will probably try to lean a little bit more on fields uh, now that he's got a couple of starts under his belt. Now you look at the Raiders' side and say, all right, you still have Casey Hayward, right? You still have Nate Hobbs, um, but at the same time, does coverage lead to better pass rush or does pass rush lead to better coverage and I think that's what you look at with the Raiders and say the Bears offensive line hasn't been very good if Ngakwe and Crosby look more like they did the first three games than they did against the Chargers then I think Justin Fields could be in for a longer day remind me because I cannot remember we do these shows with so many different combinations are you a pro Fields guy long term or anti Justin Fields guy I'm probably on the 51% side of pro. I don't think I'm a a big uh, Justin Fields advocate, but if you ask me right now, do I think that the guy's going to carve out a career? Yeah, I absolutely do. Um, But does is he in the right situation to do it right now? It's pretty hard to say that. And I don't just say that because, oh, Matt Nagy sucks. No, it's not just that. (laughs) It's that Matt Nagy can't figure out whether he wants to call plays or not. Is Matt Nagy calling the plays? Is Bill Lazor calling the plays? Why is Justin Fields giving quotes after the game and saying, yeah, Bill Lazor's voice was really calm in my helmet. It made me feel better. Well, there's probably a contrast to that of someone's voice in my helmet who didn't make me feel better. Well, I mean, you say, why does does Nagy want to call plays? Where does he come from? Who calls the plays, right? Andy Reid. I mean, Andy Reid is a I control. Get it. it's from and, the tree. And, Andy Reid's a control freak. Um, so Nagy wants to do that. I, I thought it was interesting. Um, Mike Lombardi was pointing out that you know Nagy is a guy who is you know at heart a a coordinator and maybe not a true leader. And I'll say this. And and you know, we had Hub Arkish on in the first hour. Covers the Bears very closely. Um, we've talked about John Gruden's record through three years. Uh, if we told everyone here that you know Gruden was uh, twenty eight and twenty, you know, in his first three years, I think people would have been 
pretty fine with it. And it's weird the way Nagy is treated. I'm not saying he's a finished product as a coach, um, but I do think he's willing to morph, and he did last week. And I think he's going to turn out to be a pretty good coach. So this is a lesson learned when everything turns into a disaster and you're the one on the grill, you got to grow up. I think he might turn out to be a good offensive coordinator again. Uh, I'm not convinced about his fu- his future as a head coach based on how the league's going to look at this experience. But you know, think about the fact that he also was accused in some corners of trying to purposefully submarine Mitchell Trubisky to get ownership and the front office to get him a new quarterback. Well, now he's got the new quarterback, and we didn't understand the weird insistence on Andy Dalton. So it's, I wouldn't compare it to Gruden, and even before today I wouldn't compare it to Gruden because Gruden is a cult of personality. Right? Gruden is about, much more about, in terms of the love that he engenders, about the Chucky doll and Monday Night Football and Frank Caliendo than he is about X's and O's and success on the field. Number one. All right, it looks like the Raiders are going to have Alex Leatherwood in a left, uh, check that, right guard, and Brandon Parker at right tackle. So Johnny Simpson at right guard. I keep screwing it up. Left guard. Andre James at center. And then Colt Miller, the one guy who's been really effective, will be at left tackle. Is this new-look Raider offensive line going to be eaten alive by the Bears, who do have 14 sacks the last three weeks, 15 for the season, number one in the league? That they do, and they have some horses, assuming Khalil Mack is able to go. He's questionable. Uh, Keem Hicks is going to be out, uh, doubtful for the game, but you still have Quinn back there, and and you still have a pass rush that has proven that it can get the job done of late. Now, I I think the question that you have to ask with the – with the Chicago Bears and with this offensive line for the Raiders is how do the Bears scheme against this offensive line? They don't know exactly who's going to be where. And I don't know that that necessarily means the Raiders are going to improve. But what it is to me is we're not talking about like a Price is Right game where there are five numbers on the board and you have to run up in 30 seconds and try to figure out every time, let's put them in the right order, hit the button. Hmm. Nope. Put them in the right order, hit the button. Nope. I mean, the Raiders are in desperate times here. They're, they're in desperate times to try to get the right tackle spot just up to passable, just up to average, because Alex Leatherwood has struggled so much. Baseball update. And we are going to talk to Marty Cordova, former Rookie of the Year, Vegas guy, in just a couple minutes, talk a little playoff baseball. Uh, Boston now down one run in the third. This is a freaking uh, slugfest. 5-4, the Rays lead it. Xander Bogart hit a home run, and Al Verdugo also went deep. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Eckler, breaking away, end zone, touchdown! Third and Renfro, Dr. Greasy says, Carl looked like he wanted to go there and instead he'll be taken down. Christian Covington. They go wrong, they go take your face off. Are these guys better than Migos? We played some Quavo earlier, and that was Tech Nine and The Rock. Ari? I think The Rock would be a better quarterback than Quavo, but. Oh wow! What do I know? Taking, taking shots, taking shots. Was a linebacker? Was he? Or? Uh, defensive lineman. Yeah, defensive lineman. He's a big guy. Big guy. Right, let's do a giveaway right now. Three six four eleven hundred. Caller seven three six four one one zero zero. What do you get? Tailgate tray. Let's do it. Tailgate tray. Port of subs. 
Get the big tailgate tray, six-foot sub. You also qualify for a Yeti cooler. Caller 7364-1100. It's all courtesy of uh, Finley, Volvo, Cars of Las Vegas, and, of course, Porta Subs, 20-plus Porta Sub locations around Las Vegas to get your own tailgate tray. Back on the Raiders, Candy. Have you bet the game yet? Will you bet the game? No, sir. What? Especially given all of the uncertainty on and off the field, I will pass on this one entirely. What are you thinking, Raiders? Uh, Before not the really. Um, I, I feel like we saw some of the flaws that are there for the Raiders. I, I don't know that I'm a, a believer in the Bears yet, but I, I seeing Derek Carr back to any inkling of happy feet Derek Carr takes away some of the confidence I have in this Raiders offense and the shuffling on the line tells you that it's real it's not like some you know something that we're blowing out of proportion the Raiders see it too so that's enough for me to to lay off because really you have a quarterback who's played in you know what basically one and a half games at this point and then you have a Raiders offensive line where we have no idea who's starting where were you hurt by Joey Bosa's words, as so many others were? Uh, the first two letters of the last name are C-A. The last two are not R-R. So, no, I was not hurt uh, by Derek Carr being called out by I, I saw Joey so, Bosa. So many people coming to the defense of Derek Carr. I'm like, he's a big boy. Like, this goes on in football. I, I, I don't know. It was weird. Like, all these people were like, I can't believe he did that to another football player. You can't. I thought this was part of the game. A little trash talk and intimidation. And hopefully when they meet up again in Week 17, it'll be a hell of a setup. And, uh, you know, for the Raiders, I'm sure the Raiders are hoping that if Derek Carr needed a little fire lit underneath him, that he's uh, he's 100% ready to go and wants to prove something. I will, t- I will tell you this. Um, he may, you know, there may be a couple of times where he has to wrap up and go down quickly because he better watch himself in the pocket with these guys because, uh, you know, they've been a great takeaway team, at least going back three years. I know this year they're like top seven in takeaways. I think they have six takeaways. So protect the ball. Protect the ball because uh, the pass rushers on this team are pretty freaking good. Well, I don't know how much we're going to learn about the Raiders on Sunday. I think we've we got to be really honest with ourselves about that given the John Gruden news today. Uh, where are the Raiders' heads going to be? And I'm going to say, even if they come out and blow the Bears out of the water, is this the sort of thing where they all rallied the emotion up for one game? And what does that mean next week? If they get blown off the field by the Bears, I am absolutely going to step to the front of the line to say, I have no idea how this locker room would have held together over the course of all of this. um, Because we know that they found out this morning about it. Yeah, I already bet the Bears in the middle of the week because I think it'll be a close game. Um this is not the distraction the Raiders needed. I, I think I think they can handle it, but I still think there's a lot that needs to be done over the next couple of days. So, on the way, we're going to talk a little Major League Baseball. Is a former Major Leaguer, a former Rookie of the Year, Marty Cordova, will be in. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. Swing and a drive. Deep the left field. This one is way out of here. Randy Rosarena with his first of 2021. And it's 4-0 Rays. Now. 
Back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. I feel like a bad person because uh, in the studio, I'm watching Cincinnati and Temple instead of being fixated. We'll get that second TV working at some point. Uh, I'm fixated. Instead of being fixated on baseball, I'm watching football. Should I feel bad? Adam Candy's here. It's Cofield. Marty Cordova, we haven't talked to him in a while. Rookie of the year. What year, Marty? What year? 1995? Uh, long, long time. Oh, uh, you remember. 24 homers, <laughs> 84 RBI. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, Steve. How are you? Really good. Uh, very important to talk about coming right out of the gates. Were you doing something today with the United Way? United Way had their annual Day of Caring event, and it's, it's, it's their biggest event here they do in Southern Nevada. And I was lucky enough to be inv- invited to join. So, yeah, it was a great time, great day, really helping a lot of people. It's, it's so important now more than ever in this world that we live in that we have people like this that are out there giving, you know, waking up at 3 in the morning to be out here to volunteer. These guys are all excited to be here, and the energy was great. So it, it was a great day, and I was just so happy they invited me. I plan on doing a lot more of this as much as I can in the future. So for you, what do you got going on lately? What are you doing? I know you were uh, developing some businesses, doing really well there. I hope everything's uh, you know going okay, even in spite of uh, the shutdown with COVID. Yeah, the, the shutdown didn't stop my company, Bent Pixels, at all. Actually, you know, we're an online video company. We accelerate uh, YouTubers' ability to make money that they can't make on their own through whether it's uh, branded de- integrations where they would make a shout out to a company before their their YouTube video or whether it's uh, selling advertisers directly into each YouTube channel that we only have the ability to do that to channels that are network. No one else can sell directly to them. And then it's rights management. We had Joe Rogan for years. People were ripping off his content around the world. We developed software that finds that content. We then claim it. The revenue comes to us. We rev share back with Joe. Or we can take <laughs> it down if it's something offensive to Joe. And, and he would say his, his people will call and say, please take this down or this, this, this. So. Right. Yeah, it's going great. And so when the pandemic hit, actually, it was better. There was more people staying home and watching. But it was kind of a catch-22 because people were staying and watching. But yet now the advertisers and the brands were a little leery because of the pandemic. And so they pulled their advertising. A lot of them did just to see what's going on. So you had a lot more views, but the revenue was lower because there was, there was uh, you know, the supply and demand was, was, was off. So it the money really stayed the same. So now that the brands have come back, it's been great. So Good. I can't complain at all. So it's been like 12 years now, and it's going great. Awesome. All right, well, let's talk a little baseball playoffs. Uh, White Sox are not out to a good start. I think part of it is the Astros are awesome, but my gosh, uh, coming out of the gates, Giolito, who really never hit a stride this year, and Lance Lynn both got smacked around. Yeah, you know, that's that's how it goes. It's 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 so strange. And you remember, I really thought the Cardinals were going to, sorry to go off topic on you, but I thought the Cardinals were going to make a run this year as they did. I think it was 05. They were 10 and a half games back in September. They got on a roll and then just parlayed it all the way through the playoffs. So it's really, some teams just get hot at the right times. And then there's other teams like the Astros. For years, they've just had these one, two, three starters that you can't hit, and then their team can mash the ball. So it's really, like you said, I don't know how you beat those teams like that, that have these, you know, like the Dodgers, they're a great team. Then, it, then they go out and they get Scherzer. It's like almost not fair that they can just keep reloading with superstars when they already have a ton of superstars on their team. Uh, so to, to get back to your question, I okay. should say, yeah, the starting pitching is so important. And when your one and two falter, just forget about it. It's over. Going back to your comment about the Cardinals and the wild card, uh, did you jump in? Or what are your thoughts on the, the one-game wild card thing? Uh, should we expand it to two or three? What do we need to do? 
yeah, it's tough, but that's just the way it is. I, I actually, people are asking about the, the playoff situation, and I'm like, you know, add another team. What does it matter? Shorten the season to 142 games, and like what hockey does, it seems like they have three months of playoffs. It's awesome. Everybody loves playoff based playoff sports, whether it's baseball, hockey, football, or whatever. So, t- in my opinion, I think they should lower the the regular season games, which are so many, and move on from the fact. I understand it's a numbers game, and everybody wants to compare their numbers to the to the, the past, and that's how you. Hall of Fame numbers, all those sorts of things, but times have changed, and you know people want to see excitement, and you know, baseball better get with it, or they're going to get left behind. Marty Cordova, hometown hero, Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Famer. Good one. Good yeah, one. you are. You're, we, you know, you're hometown hero. Of course, I also call OJ Simpson a hometown hero, so you know, don't don't <laughs> don't get offended on that one. Um, yeah. With you, with you, it's not sarcasm. I really mean it. Uh, NLDS. Who's going to win this? Better team: Dodgers, Giants. They go at it tonight. They open the series as Bueller. Uh, opens for the Dodgers. Who do you think is a better team? I think the Dodgers are a better team, but it, I could be falling into what a lot of people do is is there's just a lot more recognizable players on that team. Uh, you know, they got a few good players, uh, recognizable players, I should say, like a Chris Bryant, and you know they've had Brandon Crawford, Bell, Posey, and, and a couple other guys. But for years, when when the Giants go on these roles, you're like, I can't name half the players in their team, and they <laughs> nobody jumps off the page with stats. But they're just doing it. They put it together, and their pitching was, has always been great. So that being said, I, I think the Dodgers are going to do it. But, again, I could, that could be completely wrong. So, And I also, you know, talking about that you know, on that aspect is I can promise you, I, I'd be willing to bet that 90% of people that consider themselves pretty big-time baseball fans could not name three players that start for the Devil Rays. Oh, and yeah. it, it, to even giving him Nelson Cruz that he wasn't there the whole year, name three, no chance. Well, it's an organization thing. I mean, basically they're they're the they're the thrifty Dodgers. You just make sure that you've got, um, you know, a roster where you can you have thirty five guys who actually can play all year, and they just keep doing it. And the other thing is uh, they draft well. I mean, Shane Baz mm-hmm. didn't work out tonight, but he's a young guy that can build around McClellan. Like they always have. Glassnow went down with the injury, but they always seem to have those you know those next power arms. And the other one is. They, you know what the Rays are great at? When it is time to move on a guy, not only do they move the guy, but they also always seem to win the trades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, it's, it's a problem in baseball and sports and just life in general. You really just, it's hard to get over. Albert Pujols, you know, it's, it's eight years. He, he's going to decline. You got to at some point understand you got to let him yep. go. He's not going to be what he was. And it's hard because you just keep remembering what he was. You're like, maybe he's got a couple more years in him. And the smart teams trade him when they can, when he's got great value and, and, and are able to isolate guys that would be great in return. And that's what the Devereaux are really good at. So you got to give them credit. When you don't know the names of these players and they're destroying the Yankees and the Red Sox, that tells you that these are young, up-and-coming guys that they, dra- that they drafted and they developed or they traded for. And... It, it's amazing what they've done over there in Tampa. Well, I should also tell you that when you team build, it's a new era, and I'm I am pro player. I want players to make money, but what I don't want to do is give players six and seven and eight and ten year contracts. And I'll bring up a good example. I, you know, I saw someone breaking down, you know, what the Yankees need to do to, you know, start moving in the right direction, and they're like, oh, of course, you know, sign Aaron Judge to a long term deal. I'm like, uh, you know. Um, if he doesn't want it and, and someone else wants to give it to him, they want to give him a six-year deal, I might let Aaron Judge walk. Uh, you know, you give him give him a lot of money for like four years, but he's also been a guy who's been off injured. I just, I don't know, man. Again, I'm not anti-player, but I just, I'm not down with signing guys beyond like four years. No, I, I agree. And it's, it's a, it's a, hey, flip a coin. But I can promise you if you sign a guy that's 
27, 28 to a 10 year contract, his last four years at, at, at least are not going to be great. Mm-hmm. And I think they understand that, but it's like you're, you're selling everything for today and, and mortgaging tomorrow for today. And right. I just think it always comes back to bite them. And now they've got this guy making $40 million that was an unbelievable player and is a Hall of Fame type caliber guy, but he's just not that guy anymore. And now it's tough because you can't sit that guy. No. And you can't sit him because not only is it you pay him a lot of money, but it's a respect thing. It's, it, it's embarrassing. It's almost like the team feels like we've got to throw him out there. If we don't, the fans know the name. They come here to see him play, even though he doesn't play well. So it's a tough spot to be in when you've got an Albert Pujols at the end of his career making a lot of money. And you, you, What do you do with him? Yeah, one of the craziest examples ever is the Orioles were like, you know, we're going to finally pay someone. Let's pay Chris Davis. And I mean, and then literally he couldn't hit 170. And, you know, Mike Hampton had that happen where he just fell apart as a Rocky. Last one in this on contracts. Who would you have more confidence in signing? Um, a guy like Mookie Betts, who's a little more all-around player, who's, you know, at 5'10", you know, 185 pounds, 190 pounds, or, you know, a behemoth like Aaron Judge, who's 6'7", 282 pounds? Well, you know what? It's just a matter of, you got to look at like their history and track record. Is is Mookie Betts hurt often? No. Is is he? A, to me, man, the guy does so much more than just hit. He right. runs. He throws. He runs the bases. He, he's a. I, that's a tough call. Who would I sign? It will probably would depend on how much they are. That if you said they're the exact same price, who would you want to start your team with, Mookie or Aaron? I think it would. You'd have to say, are you saying they're both twenty five and in their prime? Who would you want? If that was the case and they weren't going to be hurt, it's t- it's a tough call. But I I might say I want Mookie Betts. I just because the guy is so much more than just a power hitter. And like you're saying, I think you're alluding to is the bigger, stronger guys just have a tendency to get hurt because yep. they're so big. Um, last one on this: you follow the local baseball scene. We've had some tremendous players, you know, rise up and and turn into superstars. Uh, Bryce Harper, and you mentioned Chris Bryant, and uh, you know I'm a big fan of Joey Gallo. Just hope he gets it together where he can start hitting, you know, two thirty, two forty. Could Bryson Stott be that level guy? You know, uh, I don't know if he's going to be the middle infielder, you know, a middle infielder for his entire career, but could he be an all-star type player? Well, from what I've seen, just looking at his stats, I mean, I don't know him well, uh, uh, too much of his history, but his stats are pretty impressive. And a six-three, two hundred-pound shortstop. Yeah, I mean, he's like J- Jeter-esque. You know, that's. That's the thing is nowadays these guys are six three six four playing shortstop and can hit and it's if he can even closely hit to what his numbers are in the minor leagues he's going to be a superstar so yeah I, I really again I don't know and any it's always speculation until the guy gets to the major leagues and faces that major league pitching because I've seen many many guys over the, my career that were unbelievable AAA players they called them like AAA plus because they they were better than AAA but they just couldn't do it in the major leagues and and some of these guys got a lot of opportunity just. Couldn't quite put it together in the major league. So, uh, to answer your question, time will tell. Yeah, I was going to say uh, it's funny. I've been referencing the Giants as a bunch of quadruple A guys. You know, kind of the same thing, but they're winning. So all these guys have come up. They've all been contributors as like twenty-seven, twenty-eight-year-olds just getting to the majors. Um, I remember us talking a couple of years ago about you and the Raiders tickets. Did you did you follow through on those? You have the PSLs. You got the tickets. Yep. You've been going got, to the games. Uh, yes, I have. I've got two that are in like section 113 that I with uh, two other friends of mine. So there's eight of us, eight tickets together there. And then they called me and said, Hey, do you, do you want some more tickets? So I'm like, Whoa, sure. What do you got? And then they, <laughs> I have two more that are like uh, 206 section fourth row. That's kind of in the end zone on the visitor side. So I have, I, I, I have four tickets and uh, everybody's calling me, Hey, do you need your tickets? Cause the games are amazing. The team's doing really well. And uh, yeah, I'm, 
really super happy I got them. Yeah, I was going to ask are you, you. Are you lobbying for tickets? You know what? You I, I really, I, I could hear that in your voice like I was asking for tickets. <laughs> no, I have access to tickets. No, what I wanted to ask you is, one, I mean, you're a former pro athlete. So what has the experience been like? Like, you go to games, you're just like, yeah, it's kind of cool. But, uh, you know, are you like, wow, this is unbelievable? You know, I'm a, I really am a fan. And it's funny, I, part of my speech today, I was saying, I didn't even know what hockey was. Nobody does in the desert. We grew up with <laughs> hockey. The Canadians play that. That's nothing we do. I don't even know what it is. I don't know the rules. So then when we got the Vegas Gold Knights, I'm like, well, it's an expansion team. They're probably not going to be good. But, of course, I'm going to support the local team. So I go out there, and I'm, like, blown away. These guys are, are crazy good athletes. They, I didn't realize how much physical it is. It's, it's like this heavy hitting is football in some cases. They play a lot of games. It's exciting. I'm like, wow, I, I actually like football best to watch. And hockey's now my number two sport. And baseball's somewhere, I don't know. Oh, boy. It's, I love playing it, but watching it, man, it's just tough. It's, it, it, even for an ex-athlete that, that loves the game, I'm like, man, geez. I find myself just losing focus. It's like such a long game. you know. Not, and the attention spans of the younger generation, wow, I, baseball's going to have to figure something out to you know, to. I know they're trying. I know that they 100% realize that and they're trying. Well, very cool that you did something nice today for the United Way. I know that's appreciated, and let's uh, catch up more often. I hope everything's going well. Absolutely, and thanks again for having me on, Steve, and, and let's definitely catch up soon. There he is, Marty Cordova. Thanks, Marty. Marty, I know, listens, because I will get – I don't get as many texts as I used to get complaining about a certain person on the show. Not Adam Candy. I'll just tell you that. All right, we got a break. Let's get to a bunch of the football picks for this weekend. Uh, also get you an update on the college football game. Yeah, of course, I'm paying attention to, to the uh, Cincy Temple game because I bet it. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So, Candy, all day long we've been talking about the uh, John Gruden email that was unearthed. Racist, racial, nasty words pointed towards Damara Smith. The timing of this is kind of incredible. You know that Damara Smith was facing a key vote from the players, the player reps, to remain at the top of the NFLPA? That was today. Yep. He got through it. I mean, I, who knows, like, the timing of when anybody saw the story and whether yep. there's any relation whatsoever. But, my God, what a day when it comes to uh, Demora Smith's life. Total insanity. All right, let's uh, get to some football picks before we get out of here. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Thank you. I will. I'm going to start with two of the lesser games. Candy, you fired up to get up at, uh, what, 6 a.m., London game? My Jets against the Falcons? Sorry, I couldn't even get that out without laughing. Um, no, no, as a matter of fact, uh, no, um, no, <laughs> no, if you, uh, if you forced me to bet with your money, I'd probably bet the Jets, but, uh, I can't really find a way that I want to get, like, try to figure out a rookie quarterback and whatever the hell is going on with the Falcons and they're in London. Yeah, Matt Ryan started actually pushing him down the field finally. And, uh, unfortunately now Calvin Ridley's not there and Russell Gage has been hurt almost the entire year. Get back in there. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Your Giants, are you taking them plus seven against the Cowboys? You know that uh, James Bradbury, he's the Amari Cooper stopper. I uh, Unfortunately, he can't stop everyone. And on the flip side, 
You know, I don't know. If, are you happy about this? Uh, Danny Dimes is kind of emerging from a number standpoint as a pretty good quarterback. Am I happy about it? Well, I mean, I mean here's the do thing. I want my team to win? Uh, well, yes, of course I want my team to win. No, I'm, I'm getting there. Do I want my team to win? Of course I want them to win. But do I think that Daniel Jones, Joe Judge, and Dave Gettleman are the, you know, the deadly trio to lead the Giants forward? <laughs> no, I, I absolutely do not. Uh, this opened seven and a half uh, on the Cowboys, and uh, I played a six-point teaser, including the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Boom, okay. Did you make sure to have Seattle plus eight and a half on any teasers last night? Oh, that worked man, out well. I felt so badly for that. That was such a popular teaser leg, and, yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> Stick your hand in there, Dave. People are betting on the Texans against the Patriots. Now, here's the interesting note on the Patriots. Are we serious? Four of the five starting offensive linemen are out. And by the way, if you read the PFF breakdown of this game, the key matchup to watch involves one Malik Collins. What? The key to the defense. He's good? What happened last year? Here. It's a lot of pressure being the key. Well, so uh, Malik Collins, who was famously called the key to the defense by John Gruden last year, um, is uh, in the key matchup. Look, I don't know how we have forgotten the narrative of Bill Belichick versus rookie quarterbacks when it's Bill Belichick versus Davis Mills. Davis Mills, who threw four interceptions against Buffalo. So I, if you want to bet this thing, maybe bet it under. But I, I, otherwise, why? Well, I haven't forgotten. Uh, against rookie quarterbacks, I don't have the ATS in front of me in this straight up, but it's pretty bad. Um, passer rating, 64.3. That ain't good with these first-time quarterbacks against Belichick. Let's go, crunch, crunch. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Bronco Steelers, where are you? Oh, this is such a trick spot, right? Like, I feel like this is going to be one of those, uh, one of those that John Murray at the Westgate on Sunday is going to be like, yeah, it's kind of a pros versus Joe's game. Um, The the Pittsburgh Steelers are really, really, really bad offensively. Um, And it looks like we're going to get Teddy B for for the Broncos, so you can at least get yourself involved in that, um, you know, confidently. But no, this is this is another pass. I know I'm saying it a lot, but I, I don't see I don't see anything attractive in this. Do you? The game or the Steelers? The game betting on it. Oh, I'm I'm betting the Steelers now that it's it's now it's flipped. Um, yeah, I'm I'm happy Bridgewater's back. That's fine. Uh, but no, I'll take the Steelers plus one and a half. Yeah, I think backs against the wall. I also think you have to consider the Steelers' strength of schedule to this point. And on the flip side, yeah, Denver finally played a a decent team last week in the Ravens, and they flopped, fell freaking straight on their fat faces. They don't have fat faces, but I threw in fat there. Sorry about that. But uh, no, I'm on the Steelers in this one. I could see the Steelers as a teaser leg as a seven and a half point uh, favor, uh, favorite, or I should say, dog at home. That that's fine because I don't think either of these teams is a touchdown better than the either, but uh, than the other. But I, I also keep in mind that half of that game with the Broncos against the Ravens was Drew Locke. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Do people have the stones to take the Bengals only getting three against Green Bay? Keep in mind. The Packers' defensive backfield is a mess, and the guys remaining have not been good. And Cincinnati, if you believe in Joe Burrow, they certainly have some good receivers, and T. Higgins is back. 
my only suggestion here is watch and enjoy. But if you want to bet it, you want to bet it, then I'd probably uh, have an inclination toward over here. Um, I, I I do believe Joe Burrow will be able to matriculate the football down the field against the Green Bay Packers. Um, I, to, to go with the popular question, I have no interest in laying points with the Packers on the road right now. None. None. So it would be Cincinnati or bust if I'm playing a side. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Eagles-Panthers. Panthers continue to add players. You know, Gilmore, I don't think he's going to be out there, right? Uh, but they continue to strengthen the team. They didn't play well against the Cowboys. All right, what happens in this one? This is Eagles for me. Uh, uh, Jalen Hurts is the better quarterback uh, in this game. And I do think Jalen Hurts is going to have some opportunities to show out. I'm not so sold on the Carolina defense. As you mentioned with Gilmore, it's limited impact uh, by the time he actually gets into the lineup in, what, week seven, I think, is the first time uh, he's eligible to play. Uh, I think the loss of J.C. Horn was huge for them in terms of that defense. So uh, if you're if you're going to give me uh, Hurts against Darnold and then I'm factoring in taking points with Philadelphia, I'll take the Eagles. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Westgate, the Adams are on board. Adam Hill, Adam Candy, 8 o'clock start. They're there 8 until 10. Breaking down all the last-minute line moves. All right, one college football update, Candy. I don't know if you uh, are fired up about Cincinnati and Temple. Cincy now trying to get through the rest of the schedule unbeaten, make the college football playoff. I am on Temple. I'm feeling good about my plus 30. Oh, no. Oh, no. Was that like an 80-yard run by Cincy right out of the half? Oh, man. Come on. 24 3. 24-3. 24-3. Cincinnati is up. Uh, 10 seconds into the second half. Candy, I hope you win your bets this weekend. I hope you enjoy the Sunday show with Adam Hill at the Westgate in the Superbook. I appreciate you being with me. Thank you. See you, buddy. Very polite. Very polite. We're all very polite. All right, you have a great weekend. You're a great man. Wonderful job this week. I'll see you later.